Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's French and clean off the line. Yeah. He takes it away. Oh, well done. Plague's arriving, played in nicely. She shoots, played away, checks in, there's number two. The Phoenix on fire in the capital. Yeah, Clegg to Liggett to the United States of America. That's where we start. Uh, we are joined by football commentator, former uh, All-Whites, and of course uh, part of the New Zealand Professional Footballs Association, Mr. Jacob Spoonley, regular voice on the station. Spoons, how are you? Very good, mate. How are you going this morning? I'm great. I'm great. Not as good as the Clegg uh, entourage are probably feeling. This probably seemed like a natural destination at some time. Are you at all surprised it's happened this quickly? Well, I think the important thing to note is that obviously Millie's a very young talent and this has not occurred overnight. It's been something that I think there's been a lot of planning that's gone into. Not necessarily with Racing Louisville, but in terms of Millie's planning herself. And I think it's important that each young player defines the path, defines what is important to them, and then works backwards from how they want to achieve those goals. And I think having the chance to chat to Millie on a couple of occasions, the end goal was always professional football, and it was a case of how to best prepare her for to step into the best possible professional environment. And she had a range of options, um, obviously played for the Wellington Phoenix, played uh, under a contract that would allow her to keep NCAA eligibility on the table so she could go to college in the US. And the, the US college system, particularly for female players, is incredibly strong. Um, we've obviously got the likes of Ali Riley, who came through Stanford. Hannah Wilkinson went to Tennessee and Katie Bowen uh, went to North Carolina. Um, so w- there's a pathway through that college system. But I think what has happened is that Millie's performances on the field and her inclusion in the Ferns and participation at the World Cup at such a young age has accelerated things. And it's meant that there was probably a, a choice that had to be made at some point. Um, I'd suggest uh, earlier than this year, and it's been a case of, well, how does Millie then go about achieving um, what it is that she she wanted uh, in terms of that professional goal at the highest level, which unbelievably in some case, I think from some points of view, is the NWSL. But it does give an indication, Daniel, as to the quality of player that we are producing in this country yet again. You've got Marcus Stamich, obviously playing Champions League football. Mm-hmm. got Ali Riley already in the NWSL. And now we have young Millie Clegg. It sounds like uh, Racing Louisville had her in their sights for quite some time, sort of almost around the time what she went from the Phoenix to Western Sydney Wanderers. So, uh, you know, the 18 months prior to that, she's clearly captured the imagination. 
Yeah, and what, what I would say, mate, um, without giving away too much, is that um, we're no, give it away. regularly contacted. Give it away. Come on. <laughs> no, no. We're regularly contacted um, uh, by agents um, about indications uh, of players being monitored, both male and female, but particularly female after the World Cup. And the NWSL is turning its attention towards, I think, not only the A-League, but in particular New Zealand footballers. And that's exciting. So um, I think it speaks to the way in which we need to keep up momentum around not only ensuring um, regular international fixtures and, and getting our players in the shop window for um, those strong overseas uh, competitions, but also ensuring that our players have the support to perform once they are in um, those international environments. Um, so supporting them with the likes of travel, making sure that for female footballers in particular, that we do have the ability to give them a 12-month um, professional environment because it's a bit of a juggle at the moment with club competition. So there's, a, there's some questions off the back of the World Cup in terms of the legacy, particularly for female footballers, that we now need to start providing answers and solutions for. Is this likely, this deal likely to include a transfer fee? Are Western City Wanderers getting money for this? Because I can't help but think, you know, <laughs> is this a lost opportunity for the Wellington Phoenix? Oh, look, um, I think that's a, it's, a, it's a really sensible point that um, because we are now turning into a a regular kind of pipeline for um, yes. overseas opportunities. And we've seen this with Libby Kihache and Safreet Singh, to your point, that the Wellington Phoenix were able to capitalise on transfer fees and get compensation for the players, which they can then feed back into their programme. So is that commercial sustainability piece? Now, I, I don't know, um, is the short answer in relation to... Yeah, the injury probably complicates matters, eh, Jake? Because the, the injury's reasonably significant, isn't it? Yeah, well, um, I think it's taken a decent amount of rehab um, to get there. Yeah. Um, but I think, to your point, Daniel, um, we don't know. Um, but it is absolutely something that needs to be on the radar because it allows us as a country to benefit from those much larger markets and bring or funnel some of the, um, the considerable commercial might that they do have back to our shores. This is a set-up question for this one, based on what you said earlier about being in touch with agents. Who's next? Who's next? Who's on the radar? <laughs> well, I, yeah, I can't can't um, speculate at all. But <laughs> there is a generation. There is a generation of young um, young footballers coming through, and um, as a commentator, uh, I think you've got to appreciate the uh, the talents of the likes of Kate Taylor, um, of Mackenzie Barry, um, even Mickey Foster is somebody that's a little bit older than that that younger generation coming through. Um, and then Macy Fraser is someone that's definitely caught the eye this year. And Brianna Edwards, although she's played cameo roles over the course of the last um, this season and then also played a more kind of regular role last season, these are all young players that um, I guess are fighting for that opportunity and um, at some point or another have caught the eye. So the exciting thing to answer your question, mate, is Millie Creek isn't an isolated case. She's one that's kind of accelerated things, but um, there is that kind of generation now, um, and it's easy to forget that this is only new, that are getting those opportunities and able to put forward that portfolio of professional performances in the A-League. Try and explain to the uninitiated just how big this league she is heading to. Is it the equivalent of plucking out someone, you know, immense football from the A-League and dumping them in one of the top five leagues, if not the top two? It's a, it's a top two league. Um, I yeah. think from my 
experience and talking with a lot of the players that are much keener observers and, and have experienced it firsthand. Um, I think uh, you could make a, an argument as to um, whether or not Switzerland and Germany um, are in the conversation. And then I think the other really strong league is the English WSL. So to kind of zoom out, Daniel, and paint a really strong picture, we were able to pull in $570 million US in revenue at the recent Women's World Cup. Mm-hmm. Canada, and, oh, sorry, Mexico and uh, the USA have said that they have a projected revenue for the next World Cup, if they were to win the bid, for 2027 of $3 billion. That is an indication as to how fast this industry is going. When I'm talking about I'm talking about women's sport generally, but also specifically women's football. It is the fastest growing industry in the sports market. It is insane at the moment. So this is only going to grow. The money is only going to get bigger in the NWSL and the quality of the facilities and I guess the equity with men's sport um, is going to occur hopefully sooner rather than later. I don't want to nitpick. It's more elite women's sport. I think that's a more accurate description. Those big leagues, the really elite leagues, are going gangbusters. Elsewhere, I I think it's a little bit more clouded. I I mentioned uh, the NWSL last season, 112 million US in revenue that the clubs um, harnessed by themselves. That's one-fifth of the World Cup in that league alone. You've seen incredible crowds in Europe. Really, at the pointy end, that sport's going bananas. It is. And I think you're right, um, Daniel. There's obviously that kind of elite level, the the highly commercialised and sophisticated leagues. And then there are um, leagues that are, I think are developing and, and perhaps waiting for that trickle-down effect. So um, absolutely spot on. And it's a kind of um, on us as the avid sports fan and the consumer to get behind and invest our time and money in these, in these leagues. I think uh, in this country at the moment, unfortunately, um, a lot of people like to be critical, but um, when we've got a top-of-the-table clash and the Wellington Phoenix, um, unfortunately, like, they only got 9,000 um, for the men's team on the weekend. Um, and I think as a community, we've got to appreciate that the maturity in this particular country is happening quickly and we need to enjoy the players and the teams and the success when we can. And I think it's happening at the moment. Mm. Uh, Jacob... What, what other young youngsters are sort of, you know, fashioning careers uh, um, outside of New Zealand? You know, it might, might be in the men's game too. I've got a, a message here on text line from Chris who says, ask uh, Spoons about Steph Vukic, is it? Who's gone from the under-17s to Dinamo Zagreb. You know, how many other, you know, young bloods are we sending off? Well, I think um, it, it's, a, it's a really apt question. Um, in terms of the youngsters that we wouldn't necessarily have heard of. Um, De- uh, Ken Donkers, sorry. <laughs> um, dyslexia caught me there. Ken Donkers from the Under-20 World Cup. I believe he's still in um, NEC in Holland. So he's one that's probably flying under the radar at the moment. Um, the likes of Oli Kalotti, who is who's back here in New Zealand now, but spent a lot of time in League 1 and League 2. Um, but I think in terms of the, the young talent that that we want to keep an eye on, I wouldn't go any further than um, on the men's side, the the West Wellington Phoenix team. As I said in a tweet on the weekend, mate, the Wellington Phoenix side that equalised with Melbourne victory with the last kick of the game 
of the 10 players that were on the field, there was an average age of 23. Now, eight of those 10 players were Kiwis and six of the eight Kiwis on the field were 22 or under. So there's that real investment and confidence in our young players. So I think we can look there at the moment. Um, but in terms of the other youngsters that are doing well um, overseas at the moment, I think Ben Wayne's probably flying under the radar, really well known to the, the Kiwi footballer, but he's getting game time at Plymouth Argyle. Um, we've got the likes of Dalton Wilkins that's gone up into the Danish Super League, so he's up there with now Callum McCowett. Um, Eli Just, I'm sure there's interest in him at the moment, so um, the transfer window is an opportune time for him to, to look at his options. Basically, mate, what we have in terms of our all-whites team at the moment and uh, is a young team, and they are well known to us. I think it's time that we start celebrating them. And if we want to see the players that have the potential to go overseas, look no further than both Wellington Phoenix squads. They're both made up of young Kiwis, um, and the club is investing in a confident manner and giving them opportunities. Take your, take your Players Association hat on. Put football commentator on. Answer me this. Um, the A-League transfer window closes uh, at the end of the month, right? I think I've got that right. The Wellington Phoenix have an yes. import spot available to them. This league looks ripe for the picking. Ripe for the picking. Ripe for the taking. Should, should they gamble? Should they spend? Or can these predominantly Kiwi, Kiwi players take them a long way as currently con- uh, constructed? I th- Look, putting, putting purely my kind of um, full administrator hat on, I think that I would like, selfishly as a Kiwi, to see these young Kiwis continue to get an opportunity because every time Ben Alt steps onto that field, he's somebody that you, you lean forward on uh, and you, you want to understand what he's going to do with the ball. Costa Barbarousis uh, has made everyone not forget about Oscar Zavada, but they're not worried <laughs> about his absence. And I think the, yeah, the intriguing right. thing about this, Daniel, is that we're talking about an empty import spot. We've got an import there that is demonstrated to be, demonstrated himself to be one of the most successful players in the A-League over the course of the last season, season and a half. Oscar Zavada's impact um, and his ability to bring something new to this or different to this, this A-League team, uh, that's going to be felt. So I would suggest that that input spot is probably only going to be utilised if the Phoenix lose somebody in this window. So if a club comes in and says, hey, we need something, we're willing to pay right. a premium to take this player off your hand. So uh, I do know that the club um, has been very vocal about the fact that it's been efficient. Um, so I... I would suggest that if that is the case, then there might not necessarily be money there to spend on an on filling an overseas spot. But that for me is exciting because it means more opportunities for those young, talented, and I've got to say the Australian players as well because who love Mohamed Altay and Nico Pennington and what they bring to this team, but importantly, New Zealanders. And you might be right. There might not be the cash there, which is pretty darn important when you're looking to sign someone. I'll get you out on this. Still football commentators cap on. The Wellington Phoenix women started very, very, very well. Now, they can't get too down on themselves despite a, a recent run of form, poor form that is, because I think they're only four points off the playoff uh, pitcher. So that, that's certainly um, manageable. But they've lost four in a row. What's, what's gone wrong, I guess? You know, why are they a little bit off colour? 
Really, really simply, uh, and I think it's credit to the men's side that they've navigated their tricky period really well. But both teams have played predominantly away from home over the course of the Christmas and New Year period. Now, that's tricky for two reasons. One, it's a period where there's kind of demands that um, would be made of the players in terms of family and usually outside of professional football wanting to relax a bit. So that kind of calibration needs to be adjusted. The second thing is the demands of travel and playing in Australia at the peak of summer is something that I don't think we appreciate because we, we definitely don't experience it. But you're looking at playing in, um, in Brisbane and Adelaide and Melbourne and often the average temperature is somewhere between 29 and 35 degrees. It's very, very demanding of the players. So the combination of travel and the playing conditions, and I think as well, Daniel, there's a lot of new players to this group and there are a lot of young players. So we saw a fresh start to the season. I think probably what they're experiencing at the moment is the grind of professional football. And it will be a case of learning, I think, for Paul Temple's side. Once they come home, I think we will see them refresh and I can imagine that the form will start to turn and the trajectory change. The dog days of summer, you might say. (laughs) Paradoxical, I know. Brilliant stuff. Hey, Jacob, this is awesome news uh, for Clegg Hope. It goes well for her. Um, Really do appreciate your time and insights as always. Go enjoy your day. Lovely. Thank you very much, Daniel. Cheers, mate.